You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 133 of the Central Indian's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined, as always, by co-host Dakota Davis and producer Chris Guffey. Today's episode features two very prominent guests. We said that they were the, the highest officials in Henry County, but how high, we don't know. That's Rex Peckinpah and, of course, the returning guest, Mr. Aaron Dickin. And we are going to be talking to them about uh, about the Newcastle City budget and uh, some things that have been going on with that. Um, they killed the the uh, budget proposed to the council. Killed on, it dead uh, Monday night. Which, we are lawless, and there will be no city next year. We're out. It's that's over. right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, why it, why it died and where we go from here, and then we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, some things at the very end, like uh, talking to constituents and what people what people care about the most in Newcastle, the city, because uh, we are just now getting into our election series and we're going to be bringing in the candidates. But uh, these folks are running unopposed. So make sure you stick around to the end to to hear about the issues in Newcastle. So this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we will provoke you on purpose. Other times we'll make you laugh. Oh, not really it. on purpose, yeah. Uh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, so you guys in uh, January, February, you filed the paperwork and ran for re-election. Aaron, you're, uh, you represent Ward 4 in the city of Newcastle. Yep. Uh, Rex, we talked about this on the Patreon. You are the at-large. At-large. Uh, uh, one of the two at-large city councilmen in, uh, in Newcastle. Uh, you filed. Uh, there's two people in your race. Right. You and Lynn Purdue. And uh, nobody else ran. So... You just get to skate through. Yeah. You Congratulations know, on the reelection. Well, thank you very much. But it's it's bittersweet in a lot of ways because, for one thing, uh, the primary was the first election I've not voted in since I first started voting in, oh you know, gosh. back in about 76. And then this will be the first general election I've not voted in. And we were talking earlier, uh, my wife, of course, she asked why you guys were so short-sighted as to not have had me on the program <laughs> yet. Because she thinks I'm the most interesting guy in Newcastle. Um, I guess that means she likes me, but, uh, my wife will not vote for me this fall, you know, so I don't know how that, if that's going to affect our home or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, well, you have all my prayers. I feel like, Thank you. I feel like it's my, my obligation because I write this letter to the editor every couple of years. May is not a primary or it's not an election. It's a primary. It's where, it's where all the guys from team, D- team elephant or team donkey get together and we spend taxpayer dollars for you guys to pick who you like the best. Mm-hmm. Libertarians probably do it right. They have a convention. We have a convention and we have inside. to pay for it our own dime. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's probably a little more unifying too. Well, uh, we've, had, we've it's had some fun. contested ones and sometimes we look around and say, no, really, you have to run this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever draw straws to see who has to run? Yeah. <laughs> We're a political party. <laughs> really, it'd be good if we had a candidate. <clears throat> you know, that kind of thing happens from time to time. Um, 
but it, we normally it's it's a pretty willing willing deal. Um, and then the state conventions, we've been you know when when Rex ran for governor, different Rex uh, ran for governor in 2016. That was a contested race, and we had to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like a presidential primary. I mean, we oh, were yeah. going county to county to county, meeting with three or four or five potential delegates at a time, uh, and you know, trying to get an audience and trying to show why we thought we were the best uh, ticket to carry carry the message going forward for the for the party, and that ultimately we were successful there. And Rex did a good job of carrying that message. And, mm-hmm. and he did. Yeah, it was, I, I was very happy. Obviously, you know, we get the libertarians get three statewide debates in the governor's races. Um, and I think he had some very good performances, uh, especially the one down in Evansville. Uh, we had, a, we had a great time with that. Unfortunately, I think we hurt our, our totals a little bit with Rex's, uh, poor, poor timing on his stroke. Uh, I wish, you know, he had, Certainly. he had checked with his campaign staff before he was going to pull Seriously. that sort of a stunt. Cause I don't think it worked out the way we we're hoping it would, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, uh, and now Bernie just went out and pulled a rat. And now, and now Bernie's trying to follow him along. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, before we get too far into this, we have some people that we need to say thank you to. Uh, those are the people who support us on Patreon every month with their dollars. They keep the lights on in the studio and it's about to be winter. So they're going to be paying for the heat around here as well. Uh, and uh, you can sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. You can sign up at any level that you want to, and we will add you to a super secret Facebook group where you will get show notes, a uh, bonus 20 minute episode every week with the guests. Uh, and if you su- support us at $50 or more a month, then we promise to tell the world how great you are. Those people are Christy Avery, Jonathan Phillips, and of course, Craig DaCosta. We also have T-Chip stores online at tchip.com slash B-H-O-L-1, 2, or 3. And those are all made out of ultra-premium material. Uh, and uh, we we use Cade's children as slave labor. They are to, really, really uh, slow coming coming up with those. I ordered those over a week ago, and those kids haven't churned them out yet. I had oh to wear this, this old iron-on Colts polo shirt. Uh, Thank God they won last week, or I would have been naked. Well, you know, I can't it, wear a loser's shirt. It's harvest season, so they're also a little well, busy with that. It's probably so. true. They're probably out there drying. They're using Guffy for Guffy for council matches to dry the beans. And the they yeah. sure are. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everyone who supports us in any way that you can. We are genuinely very, very grateful for all of your support, and we are each and every week. Top fan Zach Bertram is uh, talking about the value of the Patreon group. And he says that he got to see the greatest gender reveal video in the history of the world. That's right. He did in our Patreon with, mm-hmm. uh, with Dakota's, uh, you, you name the kid. Yeah. We can't, a, we, we can't give, we can't give away the reveal video. We, we will we not give, you got to join. You got to join. You got to join. Was, that was special. It was very premium content. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, He's a man child having a child. That's what we'll, that's what we'll say about it. And if you guys want to know, join at any level and we'll get you in there. Uh, jump, jump in today. All right. So, uh, you guys, you know how we could have had a little more competition. Aaron, you and Rex live in district four. You guys could have run against each other when he could pretend to be a Republican this year. And we could have just had a uh, we could have had a had a real election. We could have wrestled for it. Oh, I would and love that. Because I'm sure not go play tennis. Get, with you for it. <laughs> the loser gets the Ward Four seat, and the winner gets the at large seat. I think we should do that tonight. No, oh, whoa, whoa, hold on, wait a second. I will for that. We'll make we'll yeah. make the uh, we'll, we'll make the arrangements and get the mats brought in. My question: Why is Ward Four <laughs> the losers? That so doesn't you make misheard sense. Misheard me. me. 
<laughs> you misunderstood. The, the person that does not win gets to represent Ward 4. <laughs> the person who doesn't about win the person who earns wins the privilege. Thank gets you. to choose which one they want to represent. Yeah. Which yeah, one do you want to yeah. I mean, uh, let's be honest. If you had the choice of, well, well this will be, this will get theoretical. Rex, if you had the choice when you're in a contested race, if you have to cover the entire city, or if you have one, <laughs> one fifth of the city to cover as far as doors. $100 <laughs> is your which, budget. Which one are you going to do? Well, see, I'm like Aaron in, in that I love people. Right. And so I love getting out there, you know, going to the north side and the east side and, you know, all over town, talking to people all over the place. So so the strategy uh, doesn't probably, come into mind for you. No, not too much. I'm just going to go out there and have at it. And just going to walk and talk. And, and whatever happens, happens. There we go. See, and I grew up in Ward 4. Right. So it kind of feels like home to me. Well, Aaron's grandma was, she was Ward 4, wasn't she? Uh oh, my aunt. No, aunt. uh, I don't. Know I thought she was work for, for. Maybe not. My maybe they redo but the lines. Was. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I I enjoy representing Ward Four, but you know, I think that Newcastle is small enough that you know, I think we all try to take care of our wards. But if somebody comes to an issue, we're not checking your ward card. <laughs> I'm sorry. Live? Where do you? I'm live? sorry. You're in the you're in the Hancock district, really and I can't the whole city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I live five doors down from uh, from from being represented, but I'm provided city services. Yeah. When I flush, you're not represented, and, and when yet. I turned it on. Well, that's that's the question <laughs> I want to know. Is you know we're getting all these improvements in in white estates. Uh, you guys gonna start plowing my streets and put some sidewalks in and add some street lights? And, I doubt. You know, do all the do all the things that come well, with how about the city. It's been said like, multiple no. times. Yeah, it's been said multiple times. <laughs> Because I, mean, I, I mean, I, I would assume I would end up in Ward Four, and I could, I could give you a run for your money. That'd be fun. I would have a great time. I would. We could, you, you know, you should do that. We should annex in White Estates, just like to the so that you can run, and houses. we'll campaign together. Yeah, well, and just let people vote be like right Lincoln, there Ding, on their Lincoln on, Douglas, and we'll just porch. go, we'll just go right up. Pick one right now. Choose. You have to choose right now. <laughs> and now buy this book. <laughs> well, you know, they're on Main everything Street, we said on the uh, west side of Maine. There's a point where the houses are in Newcastle, and then there's about one or two houses that yeah. are not. Right. And then the next house I mean, is. Yep, you know, I mean, so, it just bounces back so and forth. So we could just annex you. Hey, uh, you know, if that's, uh, I, I would do anything for content. We know that now at this point. <laughs> two and a half years in, if Aaron. Yeah, I thought would, that was Chase. <laughs> well, I mean, Chase, Chase learned it from me. Chase is going to run for Word. What for if I kept like three shirts in your basement? I mean, and I just stayed, slept over a couple of Saturday nights when you and I have a few beers. Well, that's been done before. We know that. <laughs> and, and then, and then maybe, and then maybe historically, we, speaking. I don't even think they kept anything in the basement. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe, maybe you know, I keep a couple of beers in your beer you fridge. Skeletons in the closet. You, you could keep some stuff in the upstairs of this studio. Well, no, I want to move into Ward Four for this adventure, uh, and then, and then Aaron and I both run, and we have the same I home mean, address. You are one fourth of an owner of a piano that's in the basement, essentially. Because I, you helped move. I did that deposit. I so made the deposit. So you're, yeah. You're that much of a collectivist. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Good to know. Good to know. The Dick and Commune. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just like our friend Darren Jacobs. I you, do you wanna, guys just spend a lot of time. I do want to talk to you about that. My elbow's been bothering me ever since we put that piano down there, and I just wasn't sure what kind of medical coverage there was for, for that. I don't remember signing away any of my rights. No, you have to talk to your insurance agent. I'll have my agent talk to your agent. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, this is uh, this is pretty much the way we do it, Rex. Well, uh, I, I think it's a good way to do it. I mean, it, it it's it's just conversational. Yeah. We've had we had everybody from mm-hmm. state representatives, state senators to city council people. Uh, county officials and and it's a way for people this is a platform for folks to get to know their elected representatives as well uh and candidates if uh you know if we can recruit more than I'm one it's a good old boy wrestling coach you know that's what i've always been we should touch on that a little bit on the bio for you you've got you've got a few wins yeah we managed to get past a thousand <laughs> last year and then uh, uh we won't talk too much about it, but you know i retired this summer and a uh, young man gary black who wrestled for me uh is going to take over as a coach and I'm thrilled about that. He's a, a fine young man, good coach. He's going to probably take the program higher. I told him, I said, they won't even remember who I was. <laughs> Over a thousand <clears throat> wins and it, many, many, many decades. <laughs> yeah. Too many decades, <laughs> 41, 42 years, something like that. It's incredible. <laughs> and the number of young, young boys and men that came through the program that you've had an impact on. Well, just, that's we've had fantastic. a lot of fun and a lot of people that helped build it. And, uh, couldn't have done it by myself. And uh, I see those guys. I saw uh, it was a, it was a, a sad experience. A gentleman named Larry Sutton that helped us in uh, coach wrestling. His uh, sons both wrestled for me. He passed away. We had the funeral and so many of those guys came back and I got to see a lot of them. And it was just, uh, you know, it was good and bad. It was bittersweet, but I was, I was very happy to see them and you see them with their kids and they've, they're doing pretty good and they're, they're married and uh, you know, they're, productive citizens and got one that's a, a cia agent you know and uh, he's the one that would come and rescue me if i were ever kidnapped in a foreign country wow <laughs> all right do you send uh do you send any, any to the wwe or wwf i mean big time wrestlers well or? now you know it's interesting you mentioned that but vaughn wasson wrestled for me uh, seven or eight years ago he is now in colorado and he's in a wrestling league fairly big professional wrestling league out there. And his dream and working through this is to make it into the, the big, big time. So, so he's working at it and you'll see he's called Damian malice and he's on Facebook. Damian malice. Damian That's a malice. really good wrestling right name. And I'm That's telling you what, he, he's got the, he take kind of takes Dakota and whooshes out a lot more. <laughs> and, and he looks like he's got malice when he's out there, but he's a really great, All right. he's a really Boy, great guy. You're telling me I like a picture an angry Dakota Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Dakota's got enough fight in him right now. All right now. All right. <laughs> I was going to try to think of a witty comeback, but what'd I, y'all do Monday I, night? I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. My, so the first, the, the first question that I had for both of you guys, and we talked to Aaron a little bit about this the first time that he came on the show. But I want to hear it from you as well, Rex, and give new listeners a refresher of how do you, how you guys view uh, the role that you have on the council. What what well, do you? I thought you were going to ask him if he's pro smoking in the parks because that's what we talked about the first we're, time. We're past, past that, that point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm sorry that you hate freedom so much, Aaron. I really am. <laughs> Completely legal product, and there you are, just restricting people in their rights. Unless you're vaping. Oh, oh I'm sorry. The tool that gets people out of cigarette smoking, <laughs> and there you are just picking on them. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Don't mean Speaking to hijack the, your show. Just, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> it's like Travis Wyke is here. <laughs> <laughs> what a burn. So we'll, we'll start with you. We'll start with you since you, since, uh, you were insulted. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, um, 
So the question is what I feel like our role is on the council. Yeah, how right? do you view it in, in your words? <sighs> I view it um, that, you know, we are there to bring creative ideas and solutions to problems and issues that come up. But I think more importantly, we're there to represent the people that put us there. I mean, um, I've, t- I've told my wife many times after a meeting, if it's a, a frustrating conversation or whatever, I think the freeing thing is knowing that aside from Rex, nobody else at that table votes for me and puts me in that seat. It's the people, uh, you know, of Ward 4 that I'm there to represent. I'm there to elevate their voice to the table and in these discussions. Wait, what district does the mayor live in? I think that he lives in. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't figure out what district that is. Coger's ward. Are you yeah, he's in Council. I think he's Hancock's. Yeah. Okay. No, I, yeah. I think he's five. He's in he's, four or five. He said district. He's no, talking about five. county. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Uh, I was okay. just trying to figure out who, which of the people that sit at that table would right, have a chance to right, vote for you. Right. I wasn't it, sure it's where just, the mayor is. It's just Rex. Okay. It's just All right. Rex. All right. But I think what I what I see a lot of people forgetting is that you know we're there also to listen. I think that's probably the most important is to knock on these doors and be. Uh, open to communication from our constituents and just listen to the what they think are the issues and what problems they're having and then go try to actually get something done whether it's us personally taking care of it or just going to the right person and making sure it gets done following up you know week after week to make sure it gets done so to you it's constituent service yes is the is the number one view right that's the yep. that's the main day to day or the the number one objective yeah and and I think that probably has some different views, and I think that comes down to you know what I'm hearing the most. Uh, so I might not hear directly from somebody that you know they want to see the Murphy Building come to life, but I know that they view downtown as important. So that kind of coincides with that project. But downtown's not in Ward Four, so I right? Yeah. But there again, it's a small enough community <laughs> and to benefits my ward. ward Four. To my Ward, and come benefits on. Ward Four. <laughs> All right, you want to go, Rex? <laughs> <laughs> you better be careful what you ask for. Yeah. I won't tell about some of the times people have done that very thing and it hasn't turned out good for me. <laughs> 1,000 <laughs> wins. Aaron. We got 1,001 right He's got one more. He's got one more good one in him. Hey, Guffy, get the I'm camera. I'm scrappy. I'm scrappy. You are scrappy. But myself, uh, I'm kind of like Aaron. It's it's working with the constituents. Uh you know, I feel the the times when I am happiest about being on council is when somebody comes to me with a problem and I'm able to help them solve that problem. I think that's the thing that makes me probably the happiest. The second thing is when I drive somewhere or I'm in town and I look and I, I, I say, you know, we did that. We got that that. Done. Like we drive by every day, of course, out there in Ward Four, the the sidewalk trail mm-hmm. along Main Street up to Riley School, and I see it almost one, gets all know. the way to Woodbrook. Just yeah. get it all and the it way was, to Woodbrook it for was me. Supposed to get there, but the state kind of you know did the yeah. state thing. But uh, <laughs> state thing. yeah, but anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, it. you drive by that, I say hey, we did that. And it's never I did that, but it's we did that because we worked together and you know try to come up with solutions and try to uh, you know help our citizens. Uh, you know, of course we're a big part of what we do on the council is the budget and it's the, the finances of the city. We're, you know, we're kind of a, 
it's kind of supposed to operate a little like the federal government at, uh, at a in a class three city like we are. It doesn't quite work like that in terms of checks and balances. But uh, you know, we're supposed to uh, kind of watch after the finances as best we can, and uh, uh, hopefully hold the mayor and uh, other officials accountable. Uh, you know, but uh, but it's uh, you know it's a very rewarding job when you get to work with people. So when you, you, you're eight years on the council? Yes, finishing eight. So when you're in the beginning of that time, is it a, hey, here's how this is supposed to go? Or did they send you to a class for class three cities to learn, hey, here's the responsibilities and the, you know, how, how does that, how does that onboarding process work? Or well, how does it work a, for you? There is a little, there is a small seminar you can go to, but it really doesn't do much for you because it, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't really hit the the crux of it. It's like when back in uh, when I was in college, we did student teaching. Well, yeah, that was nice, but I didn't really learn how to teach until I was in the classroom and I was sitting there and I was about ready to drown. You know, and you <laughs> learn how to swim. You know, and that's really what what it comes down to. You know, when you first get in, I, Aaron can probably agree with this, but when you're running for office that first time and you're thinking, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to change the world and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then bam, you get in office. And it's like you hit a brick wall, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know, then you have to start to learn how to operate and learn how to, you know, to get some things done in the real world. I mm-hmm. guess. And it's a big learning curve. I think, I mean, coming out of my first term, luckily, you know, I could rely on people like Rex and Mark uh, to kind of help us along. I think everybody feels that way. Um, but it is a big learning curve and you finally figure out what works and what doesn't by trial and error. You figure out, you know, what gives you the, uh, strongest foundation to an argument, um, the hard way, but it's definitely, you know, you're teaching yourself how to swim. But I think the thing that keeps you going is you're fighting for your constituents and what they want. Do you, the, the, trying to find the right way to phrase this. The, the thing that we, I'm looking at the deer, poor Mac up there has been, he's just been looking at that <laughs> other wall. Head for was quite turned a while. the other way when I, yeah, he's just shaking was, his head. Was. Way, yeah, he's got beady eyes. Mac was killed by a county truck, by the way. He was, uh, well, he, it's he was, he was killed by a county truck and, uh, Cade Coker uh, gifted him to us. Uh, he's just, just beyond the camera for everybody. Uh, I guess I want to know about the role of the council and how it inter- how it's supposed to interact with the mayor. Cause I know, you know, you have a council mm-hmm. president um, and then, you know, you have a board of seven and you're an independent group, but then it's, it, right. you interface interestingly right. with the, with the executive, which is the, which is the mayor and then all right. of the staff members that, that surround. Well, I mean, Rex hit on that, that it's kind of supposed to function like the federal government. And there are some checks and balances there. Um, you know, the, it's, and it's a little, I've tried to educate, our voters here locally because of how big the county race was in 2018. Um, the city doesn't function like the county, uh, you know, at the county level, the council is in control of the budget, almost a hundred percent. The commissioners are, uh, you know, creating ordinances. Um, here it's a little bit flip flopped. The city council, uh, does get to vote on the budget. Um, and they are, you know, they develop the ordinances 
and refine the ordinances sometimes is what we're trying to do now is take these old ordinances and you, you bring create, them up today. You create ordinances, but you don't get to enforce the ordinances. That's that then correct. becomes the executive branches or the mayor's office. Correct. Really, once, once things get out of the ordinance stage or the budget stage, we really do not have a lot of control. And I think that's what people don't understand. They right. don't understand that, uh, for example, if we pass an ordinance tomorrow that the speed limit's going to be a certain level, well, if, if the mayor and the police chief don't enforce that, then, well, we then everybody right, wins. We pass an yeah. ordinance, you know. Exactly. On aside, side. Yeah. aside but, from... You know how much more money we'd save if we took down those speed limit signs? We kept the stop signs, but we just took down the speed limit signs. <laughs> oh, I'd love it. Especially the ones <laughs> in the school zone after at 9 o'clock at night that says you're supposed to be going... That causes people to stop in front of There's me and do 16 miles gear, an hour. Jeremiah. They, but, when they go 16 miles an hour at 9 o'clock at night because kids were there five hours ago. Where's that dead horse? But we could pass... <laughs> what I'm really saying is we could pass the best <laughs> ordinance that you could think of. And if... If the mayor doesn't want it enforced, then it's not going to get enforced because all the department heads answer to him. Right. So if you don't, if he doesn't want it enforced, and and it takes a year or two do. for you to cut their budget until they enforce your your rules, right? Now the council does also, you know, for, on a financial mechanism, it takes the council to enter into a purchase agreement, whether it's a lease or a bond. A bond. There is yeah. that side of it, but otherwise, I mean, the mayor's creating the budget. The uh, mayor and his department heads are enforcing the laws, and then uh, you and once have the, the money once it's allocated. There's a lot of oh, leeway yeah. on where the money right. can go. Yeah. That's what I think. Somebody's asked me. I mean, there's a lot of great things going on in Newcastle, like the downtown lights, which I think's partially due to a grant with Duke Energy, and I think Duke's helping us out there. Sure. But I mean, if that's within the realms of the budget, then we will never hear of you know where that came from. And then you've got right. the Joe Lansinger branch that just, you know, dresses cool with the cool socks and decides, you know, when you're out of the ordinance and what your fine is or whatever. Right. I think, I think it's only right. <laughs> it's only right. I was speechless after that. One. I know. I know. It's only right for a municipal candidate series that you have Joe Lansinger here. You I really would, I would, the I would prosecutor enjoy was that. here last week. I think, uh, you know what? Get Joe. I'll, I'll take when, care of it right now. When did you start running this show? I'll take care of it. But I think generally Joe has kind of stood by the idea that he is not legally allowed to really right. go out and campaign and right. oh, yeah, no, that's he has something. Yeah, yeah, he can pretend that's the truth, but uh, he's on the ballot, so that would be <laughs> that would be incorrect. Well, he's not on the ballot now. <laughs> well, he had to feel, he filed to run. Yeah, he did file. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's start to talk a little bit about the budget. And I guess we'll start by talking about um you said that you you or I guess Rex, you said that you vote on the budget, and that is that is the council's power as far as the budget is concerned. So, do you guys have any hand in the budget formulation process that you vote on, or do, do you just get the packet of paper? We have uh, very little input on the actual what the actual budget is. There's a budget we, committee. The council has a budget. We committee, have a right? finance committee, finance. but uh, currently. The finance committee doesn't get a lot of information from the upper administration. Let's just say that in terms of the budget itself. But generally speaking, we we have gotten the budget uh, a few weeks before. We're going to vote on it. You can go through it. Um, you can try to express your disdain with various parts of it. That doesn't work very well. Normally, the time you want to 
really work on it. If you, if you want some money in the budget for something or you want to change some allocation, is around in April. He's kind of start there trying to talk to the mayor and say, hey, you know, we need to bus shit. Why don't we shift some more money to the, to the bus system? Why don't we, you know, put some money there for the uh, uh, Murphy building or whatever? You know, but uh, but mainly we vote on a budget presented by the mayor. And I think that's probably pretty standard in third-class cities. So that's the conversation, I guess, that I'm I'm trying to understand is, you know, obviously this time the budget didn't pass. So the, there was a, a change of attitude or a change of positioning from the council this week. Has that ever happened? Have, in the eight years you've been around, have you seen a budget not go tick, 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 tick and, and get approved? Is this, a, is this I'm revolutionary? Not sure. is this- I'm not sure it's happened in the last 20 years. I, I don't know for sure, but definitely in the last eight, it hasn't happened. But voting down the budget is really the council's. It's your one recourse. One chance to do something about it. Uh, you know, we've brought up different things and we never voted the budget down, even though maybe something we really wanted wasn't there. But, um, but you know, this time it had more to do with um, the fact that we had employee groups that hadn't, especially before first reading, hadn't even been talked to. We felt that was unfair. We felt it wasn't very respectful. Uh, you know, Mayor right. was busy so we, doing other things, and uh, they didn't get to negotiate. And then there's some some of that has taken place, but still their contracts. Uh, you know, most of the time when they come to an agreement, the contract does get ratified. So if they had came, come to an agreement on these contracts, even though maybe the employees hadn't taken a vote, we could I could see voting yes on the budget mm-hmm. but uh we were sitting there and you know we just felt like it wasn't fair to our our people the two people the two groups of people that should be most important to the council and to the mayor of course it includes everybody in newcastle but it's the constituents and it's our workers oh yeah and that should be more important to us than any uh public works project or anything else you know, we should be taking care of our employees to the best of our ability. Certainly with the way finances are now, you can't take care of them the way you want to. Right. But we should be taking care of them as, as good as we can. And at minimum, we should be giving them respect by sitting down at the table and talking to them. Most of those groups knew they, there wasn't going to be a raise. But just the idea of being respectful, say, hey, come on in. Let's talk about this. I want to show you where the money is and where we are and um, right. you know, let's go from there. I think that's, I think that's kind of a statement we were making to a degree when we voted the budget down. So that was, that was going to be one of my questions on here was that we found out that a lot of the public employees weren't even approached about the budget just to talk about it, like you said, but is that, is that kind of just a standard thing that happens? Is it a requirement that they are, I mean, in on those discussions, there's or? nothing in the Indiana code that says you have to do that. I don't think. What about like um, their union contract? But and that's what I was going to say. I, I mean, surely there's a union contract with the city, or I mean, it just comes down to uh, respect. I mean, I think in the conversations I've had with those employees that you know, like Rex said, they're not expecting 
uh, raises, there might be some other things they can negotiate, but it's, you know, sitting down person to person, having that conversation. And well, I think it's just a, a, I mean, it's always been that way. So the conversation has always happened in advance of the budget previously. Well, most of the time now, last couple of years, I think it's been a slower process or one that's been put off. Uh, Mark Coger, uh, last Mark, year, Mark, for those that are listening that aren't familiar with all the players, Mark is the ward three council yeah. president, right? Yeah. Council president. Anyway, he made it clear last year, I believe, I think it was last year that we were, not going to put up with this idea of just waiting and waiting on these negotiations. And we waited and waited on these negotiations. And, and so uh, it's something that could have been done uh, back in, in April, you know, we're pretty sure we don't, we're not going to have any money. You could have at least met with all those groups, met with them and said, Hey, let's do some preliminary work on yeah. this. And um, you know, but we didn't. So, and I think part of that is that, from the conversations I've had with the uh, clerk treasurer elect, that's been very hands-on and helpful um, this budget session, uh, is that we don't find out until the end of August what the tax impacts are, as far as you know what cuts we're going to have to make. Um, but the discussions I've had with her for um, future budgets is that, like Rex just said why not have the negotiations early on to get, you know, the meat and potatoes out there. And then once we understand the tax impact, refine it a little bit, and then you're ready to go at least by the second meeting in September. So what which then gives you plenty of time to, you know, hash it out. And I would like to see the council, um, you know, even if there's just a budget session, you know, you ha- you get input from the department heads because that's how you do your planning. So you don't have to come to the council and ask for certain things, even though there are needs that come up in the middle of the year. Well, now, as I understand it, most of our department heads weren't asked about their budget. That's the answers that I received from the ones that I talked to. Um, and, and again, it's been pointed out that the budget's really just a wish list. And But again, you're going to know the needs of your department. So have that conversation with department heads. Let the council provide input because they're the ones that are talking to your constituents. You've got it on the table. Whether everything ends up that way or not, you've at least have it had input and there's a little more transparency to the process. Yes. What I'm hearing from, from you and talking about the uncertainty and how much money you're going to get the next year in the budget. I, I assume a lot of that's driven by property tax revenue and tax caps. Right. And what we heard two weeks ago was that the County is looking at going ahead and borrowing another $2 million maintenance bond again because they know that if they don't do that, the county's just not going to get that money, right. but another government entity is going to. So you guys, once again, the state, this has kind of become the theme on the show, is that right. the state has set parameters that are now pitting cities versus towns versus counties for the same right. property tax money. So if you don't go for the maximum levy that you can... Taxes aren't going to go down. Right. It's just that the county is going to get a part, bigger part of your pie. Yeah, it's a you know it's an you, interesting it, thing to talk about, and maybe a reason a guy should run for state rep. Well, yeah, I agree with you. Somebody ought to run for state rep. But they, uh, you know, it really comes down to the state level. The guys in Indianapolis, they want to be able to say to voters, "We didn't raise taxes," right? And certainly right. they didn't raise taxes, but their actions are causing Henry County. You know, on I think October seventeenth, to vote on 
a local tax on our increase. next tax increase. Yeah. Well, and so, but, but you know, they so they look good, and they're sitting with two billion dollars in a rainy day fund and what all I've, this. What I've said all along so, is that they they put the bullet in the gun to make the locals pull the trigger right. on themselves. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's right. exactly what happened. Now, I have I had an interesting discussion with Chad Malicote the other day. The honorable, um, the honorable Chad Malicote. Um, about this issue and the tax caps because I saw the impact of the tax caps was like three over three million for the city this budget, but in having another conversation with uh, a state representative from the Anderson area, there are other taxes that have been introduced to offset that tax cap. That's what I'm working on studying right now. Is you know put them on the scale and see what it looks like, and I can understand the thought process there, but. Yeah, we I mean, keep, keep adding more is, and more local right, taxes. Right. So what you've done is you, you know, ten years ago we agreed, hey, property taxes are too yeah. much. Government needs to live with less, and now it's been well, right? And here we, you can have we this. need to here, keep growing here, government, but your tax bill doesn't go down. We're it's just where you're getting taxed at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's and now you it's know. your income tax that we're stealing. And anytime we, this is the uh, Mr. Libertarian over here, right? Anytime we introduce a new line or a new way to tick that box doesn't go away never sunsets right and it's going to grow bigger right yep the hall of fame tax is now the food and beverage tax which and i mean the argument could be that which that tax has brought about some really great things that have made the community thrive which brought in jobs great blessings upon the land that a board gets to vote on and 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 bless individual groups and organizations just like stellar does the same thing worth two or three communities Tick all the boxes and they get to win, right? It's a lottery. So basically, what we've done yeah. is we've taken taken these tax. But all that is the state a- giving us our own money exactly. back that they've That's taken it. from us. But then I mean, we'll celebrate it. You know, it's like they want you to come to them with your hat in hand and say, "Please let us have some money." Indot mm-hmm. will do the same yeah. thing, yeah. and they will they'll give you a community crossings grant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, this after is- four times, <laughs> <laughs> four times of begging for it, and then we right. finally. This applied. is so- this is the process that you guys have to live with, and what I've. But, and so here's the thing. Number one, that's why every election is important. We always, I mean, everybody at this uh, table. It's not important to like, you know, that the majority of citizens who didn't want to run. Well, there's that. There's that. <laughs> Apparently but it's not that's, that important why, That's why we, our argument is your local elections almost matter more than the federal elections. Yeah. Um, I can't even remember what number two is. You just railroaded your show. Well, right here. I just, I'm in a China shop, man. I tear stuff up all the time. This seems like a good time to get the train back on the tracks. Uh, It sounded like to me, both of you guys, the, the main reason that you let the, you let the budget die was because of the lack of conversation with public employees before it was talked about. Right. I mean, that's part of it for me. And I can't speak for Rex or anybody else at that table. But for me, I mean, last year I voted no on the budget too. So I mean, this isn't new necessarily. That's right. You were like our Clay Morgan last exactly year. right. So just with less cool hair in the chat. I wasn't going to bring up the hair thing, guys. Uh, <laughs> I did it in my promo earlier. Uh, Mike Broyles wants to know: Is the budget the same as last year? Is this a flat line budget from the previous budget cycle, or is it just the conversation? I think we have a two percent, around a two percent increase in the budget this year. Total. Total total and that's fix. that's yeah. all going towards trash toters. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be a different. If we were to d- decide we wanted something to go to trash toters, we'd have to bring up an ordinance. We'd have to vote that we were going to add X number of dollars to the trash fee, 
and go through the process of three readings and a public hearing and all of that. So, uh, no, that's just because uh, you can't do trash toters out of a general fund or right. out of general revenue. Right. You need to come it, out of the. It has to be tied to the uh, that city service, right? There's like fourteen or fifteen lines only that, and there, I mean, there's probably what twenty five lines uh, that have changes from last year. And over half of them are between one to five percent. Most of them one and two. In, in the proposed budget, what's getting the biggest uh, bump? Who's who's making out big here? Well, and that's so every year. That's how I compare, and then I like to dig a little further. So um, we've got a grant match for the airport. So obviously, and that's what whose word know, is that in? Caused me. Oh, well, it's not in. Well, now is yet. that? But it, but it's that's what the increase is, and that's right. so I saw the increase. I asked questions and found out. Well, there's a grant, and we have to have the match for it. So that's why there's such a big increase in that line. It's amazing to me that you uh, had to ask the question. Well, I mean, if you're if you're supposed, not to, on make, the if you're supposed to make an educated vote on how taxpayer but money that's is just spent, it. But then and you have to start digging and asking questions right. just to. So that's the argument, right? And I think that's why we kind of are in the place we are because one side thinks that you should be asking them and the one side thinks that you should be bringing it to them and vice versa. Right. And that's why, at least for me, and I'm sure Rex is the same way, before every meeting, I'm doing my homework before every budget. I'm digging in and kind of looking to see, you know, what the changes are. Um, you know, there's a little bump in the council when the council line pays the insurance for the whole city. That's what uh, is confusing to me. Um, community buildings went down because last year was it the REMC building or the armory or one of those buildings was, you know, one of the big projects. Yeah. And now we don't have that need this year. Um, but otherwise, I mean, everything's pretty flatlined. I've heard these rumors that, there is there there is certain amounts of money that gets uh thrown into this that can into the budget that can be used basically at the at the mayor's discretion is that true well i mean i think well, that's, that's part of great, there's a great amount of the budget that can be used at the mayor's discretion it's uh it's basically because we're, we're a third class city and you can uh, certain parts of the budget could be moved, and uh, you know you can. I mean, there's like always a way to, earlier. There's always a way to figure out how to do some of this moving around. There's some things it's hard to move money out of. I mean, utilities. It's you, you just can't go over and get utility. But if it's in the general fund part of the budget, it it's pretty free and easy to move. How much? How much is in the proposed general fund? I mean, this is all the general fund up here, and it's all divided okay. in the lines. So you're looking at so thirteen point three million. So could Rex, could you draw the line and say, okay, uh, no, no more discretionary. You guys are, if you're going to vote for a budget, you're going to vote for one that has everything in buckets, and that they're in the discretionary is very minimal, or else you're just a no vote. Is that well, no, is that I in the council's power? Or I not? think that's the like the the hard part about the budget is that it's all put in lines. I mean, it's like the lights. As long as he's paying for those and the administration and the city's paying for those out of the right line, I mean, it's fair game. Right. 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 And, and if, and uh, basically we cannot, we don't have the ability to say 
to micromanage, so to speak, to say you're only going to spend this money on this project and you're only going to spend this money over here because you'd have to probably be in a situation where you do everything that was going to come up in a over the course of the cycle. Yeah. And there's no way you can can know that. I mean, you may all of a sudden have a very bad winter and all of a sudden that's what you see more. That's something you see with the county councils is that they're moving money back and forth between accounts. Right. And that doesn't really happen with the city council. You guys Not have usually one end of the, the year, end. I think is when they're trying to, you know, settle some things. You know, we'll get to the end of the year and somebody will have a uh, shortfall, a or shortfall or some other department else will have a, you know, a, a surplus and we'll move money around to, to balance that all out. Okay. Lots of times the insurance uh, has to be supplemented and, and we move some money around to take care of that. So my 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 biggest question, and this was, uh, we had a meeting with uh, the fire department and talking to them with the, myself and then two candidates for the Libertarian Party talking to them about what they needed. And one major concern that they had was, according to the National Fire Protection Agency, we're short guys here, and uh, it was and it was a discussion that we had, and I I thought. We have we have the money. There's all this these millions of dollars in the general fund that the mayor can use at his discretion. Is there a way that you could that you could move stuff and say this is only to be used for the fire department? Otherwise, we vote no, so that we can get we can get this place properly staffed. Well, is that in the council's power? That's I think you could try to do that. Kind of hold it hostage, but then it. But then on at some date we have to pass a budget. Yeah. Once the budget's passed, you then don't it goes to back to that idea of goes back to the idea of the mayor has discretion. Right. So you speaking know, about that, having to pass a budget. Do you just automatically continue with last year's budget if yeah. nothing happens? But is that or, where we're at? Or now? do I do I get my dream of there's well, just no government? That's the <laughs> Come on, don't that's take it away question. from the question. It does default back to twenty nineteen budget. And that's so that's why I, you know, was looking at that today to see I mean, the changes aren't going to be, you know, major if that happens. Um, and again, if it's you all within the general extra, fund, just it, have an extra it obviously going to be moved. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what's, you know, we're trying to hash out with the city attorney. What happens next? I think some of that 2% is uh, built in for overtime. Right, right. Things like that. Cost of living. Well, and right. so back to your fire department qu- staffing question, I think another gray area for the city council is, you know, they don't handle personnel issues. So, you know, if it comes to hiring another person, that would be, I think, up to the fire chief to work with the administration, the administration to find money in the budget to do that. And the council's not involved at all. So in the first reading, the, the budget went, it passed six to one to get started. Why do you guys think there was this change of heart between the first reading and the failure to get through a second reading? Where the six, where the six yes goats go? Well, I think a big part of it was um, myself. I didn't, I didn't know at that point we, had, you know, we had these ordinances that said salary for firemen, salary for police, and I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I assumed that we had contracts if we got their salary ordinance in the budget. You know? so a lack of information right. on the front and end. Then, and then uh, when I found out that wasn't the case, well, I, I didn't want to vote for a budget if these guys had not at least been talked to. Right. You know, and uh, I really was it disappointed. Like- I was disappointed in the mayor because he hadn't got that done, you know. And um, even last 
Monday when we voted or when we, you know, we t- didn't, didn't vote on the budget. I'm not so sure that he couldn't have got a motion if he would have simply said, well, I've, cause he, right. I think he had talked to a couple of talked to him and was working with him. And very possibly if he just said, well, I've talked to these groups and I'm working with them and, you know, we might've voted on second reading, you know, but we don't get a lot of communication sometimes, and that's that it creates seems, problems. Seems to be a major uh, shortfall of the current administration not not communicating well enough with the council or anybody. I think that's probably true. So w- what happened on my end was, you know, I've gotten in the habit, um, and I don't think it's my job, but now it's I kind of have taken it upon myself to be my job is, you know, before the meeting, sometimes it's the Wednesday before, sometimes it's the Sunday night before, I publish the agenda online because it occurred to me, you know, how do people know when they need to come speak up about an issue? And they can always reach out to any of their council people, but if they don't know what's on the agenda, and we've tried to make it sure that they know it's, you know, not an official agenda. You guys, you guys call it an agenda or an itinerary or what's the... It's an agenda. Yeah, it's called an agenda. It's an agenda. And it can change, you know, 15 minutes before even. Show or notes. even as go. Well, some show notes are better <laughs> than others, but uh, some agendas are better than others. So I had posted that on Sunday night before the first reading, and I got a phone call. Um, and it was from the fire union president. And he said, you know, I see that the budget's on the agenda and we haven't negotiated yet. And I thought that that was odd. Um, and that's why I voted no on the fire salary. I tried to explain that to the firemen I knew. So they knew that I wasn't, you know, I'm shaming him. Yeah, guys. right. Exactly. Um, I turned around after the meeting and asked uh, Chief Schofield. I said, have you, has the FOP negotiated? He said, no. I said, well, I need to apologize because had I known that I would have voted no. I mean, it, it just yeah. a sh- uh, sign of good faith. But had I not, and that's what I told Tony was, had I not posted gotten in the habit of posting the agendas, none of those people would have known that it was on the agenda. Right. Um, yeah. And I want to give Aaron kudos because he's done no, some things like kudos. that. I'm sorry. But, not, but, Aaron's, but, but Aaron's Don't awful. you guys go play it nice and take away my wrestling. Aaron's awful. No, but yeah. anyway, I mean, Aaron, when, when Aaron came on the council and it was what I thought would happen, he had a lot of new life. He had a lot of new ideas and, um, you know, it's been tremendous. He's done a great job. He'd make a great, uh, Something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, listen, and I think, listen, I was checking the Secretary of State's website, and it appears that a, an organization was formed back well, in the summer that's raising money. You, you cut me off. What I was going to say is, I mean, that comes a, a testament to the, you know, the leadership that Rex and Mark and Jeff have provided, the friendships that I've made, you know, in the Republican Party and the Libertarian Party, and those conversations that you have across those party lines that you know show the importance of transparency for your constituents and making sure they know what's going on. Um, and I think it's also a good way to, uh, you know, we say it works CYA. All right. To end the budget discussion on the show, cause we're encroaching quickly. Upon you've, got, you've, always you've got a hard, hard talk, hard out here, Dakota. Uh, I want to talk, I want to ask you about the city debt. I'm ready. How much are you ready? Yep. Do you have your papers out? Yep. So Show me your papers, please. City debt, city debt, not counting lease and bonds. Is thirty five million one hundred sixty four thousand five hundred ninety seven dollars and ninety three cents, and that's as some time ago. Thirty five million. Now, listen. This is the crucial part that I think a lot of people miss. Ninety seven point six percent of that is sewer related, long term control plan mandated by the mandated by the state of Indiana and IDEM. 
Okay. The other part of that, I mean, which is what? 2.4%. Um, it totals $832,525 is the Northfield TIF and the park bond. And final payments for those will be in 2022. Now there's so, also some lease and bond payments. Um, the lease payments are mostly for vehicles, department vehicles, trash vehicles. There's a sewage vac. Um, and I, I, nobody likes debt, right? But the flip side of that is your maintenance costs. Well, so the, the trick of it in government and the way that the state has designed stuff is you can't pay cash because you're going to lose your piece of the pie. If you don't right, use yeah, bonds right. to pay for the stuff, then all of a sudden you lose that taxing mm-hmm. arm and you don't get the revenue because right. of the way this is set up. Which is completely ridiculous, but it, it is the world you live in. What happens right. if all of a sudden we get a recession and Crown closes its doors? Well, if we, we're, like, we're, in, <laughs> we're in trouble there. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, Crown is basically financing the 1400 Plaza. We yeah. Get right down to it. Yeah. And when we pass that bond for around $2 million, of course, people were saying, well, that's going to come back. Can that come back on the taxpayers? And yes. Theoretically, if Crown would close up, it could come back on the taxpayers. The only thing I've got to say about that is if we get to that point, we have a lot worse problems than whatever it is we're going to add to our taxpayers. You're hearing a lot about trade wars and things going on right now. Well, and I actually got the opportunity last year to take a tour through Crown, which was eye-opening because I've been wanting to do that. And um they are just seeing continued growth. Yeah, I don't um, know what I, 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 I'm going to do some research and find out what their uh, constituency is. What you know, how much of their business is yeah. domestic versus foreign? Because right. most well, they've of it got might be domestic, right? Now, I mean, I know they've got you know uh, warehouses and factories all over the world, though, too. But I think one of the quicker growing ones is in Newcastle, Indiana. Now, I was talking to somebody That's from Draper neat. today. Don't quote me. And they, uh, they're closing up their international business. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're closing that out because of just the, the trade war and, plus, right. you know, it was down anyway, but then the tariffs and the trade just, war and all that yeah. has basically meant that they're not making enough money to really make it worthwhile. All right. I think we're at the point, and based on the time constraints that uh, some of the uh, some of the folks have here, that we probably ought to transition so gracefully into final thoughts. Are we going to final thoughts? I think we probably should, unless you got something else you need to get to. Yeah, just before we get to final thoughts, I want to see, I want to hear from both of you guys without, because you don't have the pressure of a, an election. I want to hear the honest truth. Where do you see Newcastle uh, for, headed towards, uh, say, by the end of your next term? That wasn't on the show notes. Yeah, it is. I thought it, it was. It says right yeah, at the bottom. Uh, right about final thoughts. <laughs> well, that oh. one. <laughs> you want me to take that one you, first? You go for it. Okay. I've got Well, you know, I think that we do have some positive momentum going in Newcastle. And what happens with the 1400 Plaza and the buildings downtown is going to play a big part in that. And I think it may take us four to eight years to find out just how much of an impact that has uh, – on the city, uh, if everything goes well and those businesses get open and and people come, well, things are going to be pretty good. And if all of a sudden the buildings are empty, things aren't going to be so good. But I think the thing we have to keep in mind is that people in Newcastle, I mean, yeah, I hear them talking about the 1400 Plaza and about 
things going on downtown. But most people in Newcastle don't really care about the 1400 Plaza. They don't really care about what's going on on Broad Street. They care about what's going on on Linden Drive or 19th Street or 24th Street or, or in Avenue or whatever because they want to see if their street's been taken care of and they want to see if their trash has been picked up and, and, you know, the various things like that. And if we can keep delivering on those things, then I think we've got a firm foundation to be able to to grow in the future. Uh, I know Corey uh, Murphy with the Economic Development Corporation uh, works hard at trying to bring business here and keep business here. Uh, and I think we're going to probably see some new things come in in the next four years, which uh, can only help us. Uh, one of the big problems we've got right now is workforce. Uh, this morning at the EDC meeting, they talked about how there are quite a few jobs out there and we just don't have people to fill them. So, uh, there are issues that we face, but I really think um, I really think a lot of those things uh, can be dealt with, and I've got confidence that when we got a young guy like Aaron Dickin and you know uh, out there that will deal with those, and uh, we got people that are willing to voice their opinions, like like Chris Guffey back here and Dakota, young guys. I throw you in that young guy. Group. I appreciate it. I'm hanging yeah. on. I'm Jeremiah. hanging on by a thread. That, you was, know, that was a pity. That was a pity inclusion. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, I'm closer to 40 than 30, but man, I appreciate it. I mean, it. you know, I taught school for 40, 41 years and every, you know, I'd have people come up and they'd say, Oh, those kids, they're just, they're, they're, they're driving you crazy. Probably they're awful. Aren't they They're, And I look at people, I say, they're not any different than they were 40 years ago. They may have different toys. They may have different pressures on them, but they're not any different, and they're still uh, the majority, the vast majority of kids that graduate from Newcastle High School, and I'm sure it's the same with Shandon, Blue River, and Trident. They're great people, and they're going to be good people. They're going to be successful people. And if we dwell on that instead of dwelling on the ones that maybe don't turn out as good or we try to see what we can do for them, then things are going to get better. Councilman Dickin, if you say ditto, I'm going to slap you. I want, I want a real thought. Well, when you start with that, it's hard not to say ditto. <laughs> no, we definitely have momentum. I think we're definitely heading in the right direction. A lot of that is attributed to the administration. A lot of that's attributed to the city council. But, you know, most of it is attributed to its citizens. Um, I mean, you've got citizens that see things that maybe uh, other people don't and bring it to, you know, the council's attention, the administration's attention. That's when things get done. Uh, you've got citizens that step up and, you know, lead organizations like uh, the uh, Preserve Henry County, the Hope Initiative. Uh, I mean, you've got organizations like the EDC and the Chamber that are all, you know, pro Newcastle and marketing. Uh, our best and our opportunities. I think our opportunities are just going to grow. I think where we can improve is managing those opportunities a little better. Um, whether it comes to planning and basically headhunting what kind of jobs we want, because, you know, a lot of people our age are graduating and leaving and it's, you know, no offense to their families and no offense to their hometowns, but there's just nothing for them here. Right. As far as opportunities or the opportunities are slim. Um, the other thing that I'm going to be pushing for in the next, you know, coming year, two, three, four is that, you know, because we are having such a problem with our workforce and there's an argument out there that, you know, economic development needs to kind of slow down because of that. Uh, the reason we're having that issue with workforce development is because we don't have enough 
rehabilitation and drug services, addiction services here. Um, I know that that's kind of the conversation with this new jail with the county is that there is going to be that element to it. But I think that's what, you know, Henry County, Newcastle, Rush County, you know, that community uh, needs in order to capitalize on those opportunities that, you know, their administrations and their community members are creating. It's interesting how it lumps Rush County and Henry County into into each other there as a. As a I, as I've a got friends group. in Rush County. We do, I do business in Rush County. Wayne County, uh, too. Brian maybe? Sheehan is, you know, a good friend of mine. Um, I do find myself in Hagerstown from time yeah. to time, actually. <laughs> those two townships over in Wayne County are pretty, pretty, I love those townships. But that's just, uh, that's just it. I think, <laughs> I think they're, you know, it's easy. We're about half of Rushville and over to about it's Arlington e- or so yeah. in Rush County. Yeah. You guys are yeah. make up a district or something? <laughs> you guys are creating <laughs> a quite district. an interesting puzzle piece there. <laughs> you guys should like draw just gerrymandering Rush, maps Rush County down like to Posey Township that and then Mandarin across, Jerry. across <laughs> Mandarin uh, Jerry. But I mean, I think that's, that's where we need to break out of the box. We're not the only ones that are facing this issue. You know, all of those communities and a lot of communities around Marion County um, and around Hamilton and around, you know, Carmel, that area are all struggling with the same issues. And so we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just have to be willing to talk to these other people, we see just, what's going on. Like the jail committee. We just have to be a better version of Shelbyville. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I mean, Jack's is better than Lenny's, right? I mean, don't. There's no doubt about that. Right, right. All right. So short answer, momentum and opportunity. We're ready for final thoughts. Is that what you said? I think we're there. Yeah, we're there. I think we are. Okay. We'll start with Guffy and then we'll work. uh, You you show us how it's done. Producer Chris. You know, actually. You got a sports desk update? Uh, yes, currently the Patriots are playing the Giants, and the ta- the game is 0-0. Houston and Tampa, you're listening to this tomorrow morning in so. your car, <laughs> it's super relevant. Very. Um, actually, I don't really have anything on final thoughts because um, we hit the campaign trail the last two weekends, so I've decided to give my volunteers a rest weekend. Uh, they look very tired, and they just need to take this weekend off and enjoy themselves and their families. It would have been nice if I had a weekend off, Jeremiah. Hey, man, I'm a salesman. I can't stop it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you estimated it wrong, (laughs) but I sold that job for you, and now you have to finish it. Yep. So that's what I'm going to be doing, and I hope everybody else has a great weekend. Rex, you going door to door? You knocking on some doors and saying hey to people, or are you just sleeping on a Saturday morning? I'm pretty much sleeping in. No, actually, I go go into the Purdue football game. This Saturday, it's been kind of dismal so far. I went to, <laughs> I've went to the first three got, home games. We got after, one win so far. After two of them, I really felt like I would have been better off if I would have spent my time at home and ran two feet of water in the bathtub and stood on my head in there for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you know, we're gonna go over there and uh, check that, that out. My granddaughter, I went to her uh, last cross country meet, JV cross country meet the other night. She ran a personal best, and uh, you know, just thrilled with them. Uh, one granddaughter got accepted to Ball State, and uh, but I'm just you know I, I just I love Newcastle. And I like to talk to people. I get out and talk to people all the time. The other day I was talking to some lady, and of course I didn't even know her. Somebody I didn't know, and I get talking to her, and and finally she said, "Why am I talking to you?" And I said, 
I said, well, I don't know, but you know, now we're friends. I said, I know. And I went through five or six things I'd learned about her and, you know, and she goes, that's kind of scary. And I said, well, I said, I'm not dangerous. Uh, I work for for the government. You're trapped now. Yeah. You can't get out from the government. I'm here to help. But you know, I enjoy talking to people. I mean, I have no problem going door to door, but uh, you know, probably not doing it this year. (laughs) Well, very good. Uh, We appreciate it. Probably. I might be doing it next year though, for somebody. I mean, I mean, I Maybe. think uh, if he's, I would assume th- this prospective possible candidate who filed paperwork back in the summer and has been raising money, uh, maybe is starting to put together some volunteer lists. Yeah, I'd back that person for just about any office. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, and this is you know outside looking in, Rex. I think you'd make a great committee chairperson. Ooh. Well, I I could do that. I Man. think you, I, I think, think some I business think is getting awesome. done. <laughs> I think some business is getting done, Councilman Dickin. Are you real attached to that name? I mean, I like people who just call me Aaron. That's just Aaron. Fine. I've got I've got some younglings that are seventh eighth grade that call me Mister Dickens still, and that's I mean, by your experience, probably going to happen forever. Yes, I think will. only within the last four years I've started to call him Rex. So, um, well, it'd be look real silly if you're like Mister Dickens, Mister Peckinpah. I was thinking maybe we could well, vote no this sometimes, time. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> um, well, first of all, and you're going to find this out very soon, and I think you're finding it out, and you know, Rex understands. Uh, I want to say a greeting to my kids that may be watching. Hopefully, Cece's in bed by now, but she's not been a great sleeper lately. But Braylon and Elle probably have this up on the Apple TV. You know, it's starting to sound like popcorn. And I just want to say that Apple I love TV. Aaron Dickens' kids and his wife. They are well, the greatest and family and in the world. That's just it. I think you've he, been watching Scott Pruitt. Hi to my wife and kids at home. No, uh, the, I'm just. Did you know, hold on, the, Apple TV. Yeah. It's like I've a generation in, two. Okay? I've been so in your basement. Hang, I know. Hang on. I know you got the Google, well. the Google Chromecast down in your basement where I live. No, that's three true. nights a month. There you go. And and that's the other thing. I mean, to be able to you know, work eight to five, go home for an hour and a half and say, Hey, I'm going to this, you know, podcast and we're probably going to get 25 people watching online, but it's going to be fun. And my wife to say, have fun. I mean, that's just really great. And she's been a huge support throughout this four years and you you know, this coming years. Uh, but (laughs) I, so my final thoughts, uh, after Monday night, it's, you know, kind of been a stressful week. Uh, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad (laughs) thing. That's not a secret. We all know that about you, sir. Right. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It shows I've got compassion for others. Shows I care what, you know, people think, which could be considered empathy. Um, but I think the hard part of not having somebody run against you is, you know, you have to kind of self assess. Uh, I'm pretty happy with the job I've been doing, uh, but also being a recovering perfectionist, uh, there are areas that I'd like to improve and grow like that time. You tried to take away smokers, uh, right? Well, it, but again, look at the conversation that came out of that. I mean, that would right. you learned a lot. I did, thank you. <laughs> so, so did you. Well, you know, that's true though. I've learned so much talking to you guys at various times right. Just, and it makes, if I'm think. ever on cash cab, I'm going to be golden. <laughs> But I'm doing the best uh, at making rational decisions for our community and making sure the voices of citizens are heard. Um, there are a lot of great things happening in our community. Parks are improving daily. The Parks Board's really done a great job with that. Amen. And the new Parks Superintendent, uh, Mike Burgum. Street maintenance has improved, I think. Um, and that's a testament to Mr. Walker and the way he leads that department. Um, and downtown's definitely gaining momentum. Um, but what it takes to continue down that path of prosperity is, is a few things. Number one, integrity and truthfulness in daily living. 
Uh, number two, those same attributes in transparent communication and not just talking, but listening uh, and no emphasis on who gets the blame or who gets credit and genuinely considering each and every issue that comes to you. But I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't know me very well. Uh, if you watch the Facebook live video, sometimes I throw some jokes out there that are, are a miss. <laughs> Uh, but I hope to get to know, you know, a lot more people in our area and they get to know and me the, and know and the that surrounding area in the surrounding area, all of Henry County and two towns. I mean, what Wayne it comes County. down to is that I take every issue to heart and you can ask my wife and family that, um, and, and try to make Newcastle in Henry County, uh, you know, a place where all of us can raise our families, be proud of, and, you know, choose to live here and live here in prosperity yeah, make Newcastle so. great again. I hear you. Yeah. I do want to say one other thing. (laughs) I do want to say one other thing. I want to say thank you to you guys for inviting me on. I've had a great time, and uh, I think you guys offer a good product. Oh, yeah. It informs the people. We appreciate it very much. It's been been fun. This platform, I think, I mean, it's huge locally. I know you guys have a great reach and a great partnership with your media partner, too. So, (laughs) Our very good friends at the Courier Times, publishing five days a week. There you go. Uh, Dakota, you got final thoughts? I do have some final thoughts. Um, this past week, there was a little uh, there was a little get together and presentation thing right next to the Spiceland Town Building, um, and they were going over a proposed comprehensive plan. <sighs> Spiceland again. Yep, some Spiceland news. So they have, and I will share this from the page here soon for people who live in Spiceland, or maybe you just drive through there once a week or whatever on State Road Three, but. There is a survey on SurveyMonkey that they're trying to get some public input from, and I know that that public input means a great deal to the folks that are trying to come up with this, so I want to make sure that they can get all that they can. Um, and then... Wait, wait. If, if Town Czar Dickon tries to do a land grab to the north, what can you guys do to fight him? Can you cut off his water supply? What can oh, you, you do? You mean Jacobs? Jacobs. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, Counts, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, I haven't got yeah, I have a really funny... Comrade... Uh, comrade Comrade Jacobs. Uh, speaking about Comrade Jacobs, I have a really funny idea that I want to run by you guys after the show. And it'll be <laughs> not even the Patreon feed. Nice. Wow. Yeah, We're I'm, not loading in a car and going out there already. No, no, no. It'll be a great thing that one day... Just don't ask any questions and be cooperative. Y'all have a great time. It'll be a great thing a glass of ice cold milk. It one day might make it into the Patreon feed, if, if you guys think it's a good idea. Anyway, okay. I know that the comprehensive plan means a great deal to those folks out there uh, that are putting that are trying to formulate it and public input is very important to that process so want to make sure that you guys can uh, can see that and, and usually uh, there's a lot of opportunity that comes with those comp plans we've seen that with the county we've seen it with the city right. so yeah it is an important step and just having it is right it? Yes. oh yeah yeah yes. yeah yeah um, so yeah, it will, it'll be interesting to see the direction that it goes and, uh, they're asking, I think that they're asking all the right questions on that thing, but, uh, I guess uh, thank you guys both for coming on for kicking off the city election cycle in the show series. So, uh, it was a good episode. We got a, we talked about a lot with the budget that I think is important. We, to we did the folks. heavy lifting for literally every other municipal yeah, candidate right. that comes yeah, on this show. Listen to this. Yep. We'll see. Take notes. <laughs> Take notes. We'll see Weigh in they, on your we'll own opinion. 
Uh, two quick uh, items from my side, uh, real quick. Yeah, Guffy's pointing at his campaign materials that it seems like, <laughs> that I, it, or I read the paper today. Y'all copied what he said. Um, <laughs> hey, he had. Uh, there's in our defense, he has been coming to a lot of meetings since the ma- campaign material. So maybe we had some impact, yeah, or maybe he's changed the shape of the entire state, city already. I mean, somebody uh, did vote no last year, so that's <laughs> not that's not new. And then it's growing. And yeah, I right. don't want to cause total panic in the streets. But our Aldi is getting ready to be shut down for about a month, and it's going to get updated. <laughs> that will cause panic. Nice. In the so, I, I don't. Mean, I, I, it, I think they're closed for the night now. But y'all probably better go get your milk and eggs quick. Dollar it's going to be closed like one night, and people were freaking. <laughs> out. It's going to be closed for a month, and you're going to have to go to Muncie to go to Aldi. Walmart, thankfully, is done. And they're with building their remodel. a new one. Uh, they're think. remodeling the Aldi. Or no, that's Panera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're getting a new Panera. Mm-hmm. We're getting a Panera. Is this, no, this no. Muncie. <laughs> I thought Muncie was building a new Aldi. It's Panera. Yes, they are. Muncie is building a new Aldi. That is that is fact. Uh, so just beware. That, that's coming. The the, the Aldi re, uh, remodel is coming. It's going to shut so down for know. a period of weeks, and it's going to be total crisis. You guys ought to know from the Aldi conversation. Jeremiah belongs to a Facebook group called aldi nerds my my dad is like an aldi <laughs> evangelist is awesome. and he added me <laughs> my wife and loves somebody Aldi's. and somebody uh somebody had the the balls to the blank to complain <laughs> no, to, this 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 person had the the balls the to complain the gall the stones to say they remodeled our store everybody got a five dollar discount code but me in their local newspaper and I want my damn coupon. <laughs> and then she went to a Facebook group bitching about it. Awesome. And then she just got shredded by every other person in the group. And That's I was just, hilarious. it was, it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> um, I'm like, and she, she called corporate Aldi corporate to complain. And they're like, uh, well, it's based on the zip code you live in. And we only put the flyer in certain zip codes. So sorry about your luck. Um, they were the like, paper. they, Aldi's like, you're calling Germany. We don't care. About you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, obviously, I, I, obviously your zip code people found you to be a pain in the ass and they just didn't want to give you a coupon. They don't want your business. Uh, I, I, I went to the cruise in the last cruise in uh, with, uh, with, with Chris and a number of others and had a great time. It was Mopar night on Friday night. Uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. My only disappointment is I tried to use the bathroom and the damn thing was closed in 1400 Plaza. <laughs> I pulled on the door and I couldn't use the new bathrooms. And I it's said, true, what was. was this about? All of this, all drain the, at the other all year end of long. The I don't want a public indecency on, on Friday night against you probably. And I was like, man, I walked up here and they turned the lock on me and I couldn't get in. So I still haven't tried the new bathrooms, but I was very excited with that. <laughs> the gold what, toilet. I, I wanna, wanted to see inside. If you want to see a great bathroom, go to the back porch bar i have their bathrooms are amazing the, bath, the back porch bar has a beer keg for a urinal and yeah. it is phenomenal. The, smell, awesome. the smell when you walk in there is it's the best smelling bathroom i've ever been in well i, I will <laughs> until, until he leaves <laughs> I, yeah, I, I will leave that with you rex hey now we don't, we don't mention restaurants and stuff without oh. getting a sponsorship I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. i can't say that I'll not a downtown has a really that. cool bathroom indy okay all right Definitely not. With fit. that, we thank you guys very much for joining us, and we will uh, we'll see. You Hold next on, real week. quick. What? what? You forgot to mention that next week it'll be on Tuesday, the fifteenth. Jerry Walden and I will be the guests. Who's going to push the buttons? Rex, what are you doing next week? Can you push the buttons so that we can change <laughs> can chairs? You push with I might be able to. I'll check. Yeah, we'll check <laughs> in on check it tomorrow. That'll be interesting. Producer Rex. No. It doesn't pay anything. I'd have to have training. I don't need pay, but I'd have to have, I'd have <laughs> nobody to have else ever gets any money either. <laughs> Thank you. All right, now Rex and I are going to take you out with.
Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com. <laughs>